from the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services, USA. This is Catholic Military Life, the official podcast of the Archdiocese. Here now your moderator, Public Affairs Director Taylor Henry. Thank you, Elizabeth Asal. Today it's my pleasure to be talking to Linda and Stevie Jaramillo of Coppers Cove, Texas. Stevie Jaramillo, a 20-plus year veteran of the U.S. Army. Uh, Linda and Stevie, thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. So both of you um, have uh, been in military life a a long time, both during Stevie's service, but also since then uh, during your time as a veteran. And uh, both of you have had a good bit of interaction with our Catholic military chaplains. Maybe uh, could you tell us a little bit about the history of that, uh, some of your interactions with our chaplains? Well, we... there was a, a priest uh, by the name of Father Frank Whitock uh, when I was stationed in Garlstead, and uh, that's where we met him at, and we got to be really, really close friends with him, and uh, he's actually the one that got us going back to church and all, and uh, uh, so he got to be a real good friend, like I said. He went to Desert Storm with us, uh, with my unit, and then when we came back, uh, he still remained a very close friend, and then when... Then when uh, Linda and I and the family separated and went to, well, when we left Garlstead, Germany, Father Frank, uh, he went somewhere else. I don't remember exactly where. But then we found him eventually, and we started getting back together again. Father Frank Wittock. And you first met him in Germany. Yes. Yes. And uh, so what was it about Father Frank that uh, brought you back into the faith? Well, you know what? Our daughter... Um, Pearl, who he's actually going to come and marry next month. Well, not, you know, he's going to do the, um, the math and everything for her and her husband. And back in Germany, he was uh, going to do her first communion. And um, so that was our daughter's 39 years old, so that was a long time ago. And, uh, and we had to go to all the little meetings that we go to, and in our minds he was only talking to us, speaking to us, and it got us back in church, got us involved. He came to visit us in our house. He's the first priest we've ever had visit, and then he just was a friend. He came for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I have pictures of him doing spelling words with our daughters while I'm cooking, and, and he was the first one. He just was so... Um, intimate with us and just we, that's when we realized okay they're men just like everyone else and when was this that you first met father Widock? this was in garlstead germany in that was that was like in uh 1987 sometime 88. in the 80s wow that's yeah. a that is a lasting relationship <laughs> yeah i'm still him now and over the years, you had other encounters with Catholic chaplains too, right? Yes. What's your overall take? Uh, uh, how important are chaplains to men and women who serve? Well, they keep our faith going, you know, and uh, uh, they're very, very uh, uh, friendly with the parishioners of the churches there uh, in the military. And, uh, you know, we just we just like being around them. Uh the priests are very, very nice, very good people. 
And not too long ago, Stevie, you had a bout of uh, uh, of prostate cancer. Yes. And our bishop Neil J. Buckin came to visit you. Yes, he did. Uh, just after I uh, I was taken to my room after the surgery, and uh, I was in and out, you know, from the medication that I was on, and my wife was in there with him. Uh, and I beg, I vaguely remember, uh, the bishop there and, uh, there was, there was a bishop, uh, the priest there of the hospital. His name is Father Biju. And there was another father there <clears throat> by the name of Father Cabaleo. He was uh, active duty. He was active, active duty. duty. Yes. He is active duty there, uh, in, third, in the third CR, Fort Hood. You were in the hospital recovering from prostate cancer surgery. Where yes. was where was this and when? This was uh, here on Fort Hood uh, at Carl R. Darnall Medical Center, uh, and that was on March 6th. And uh, obviously you were heavily sedated. Linda, what do yeah. you, Linda, what do you remember about the bishop's visit? I well, remember him. Well, uh, okay, go ahead. What was special was that it happened to fall on Ash Wednesday. So when we when they scheduled the surgery, we came home and wrote it on the calendar, and it was Ash Wednesday. And so while we were going back and forth for our appointments for him, we happened to run into this one priest, Father Bijou, at the elevator and talked to him, and he said he would be praying for Stevie, wrote his name down, and then uh, when Stevie had his surgery, he came to visit and came to visit me there while I was in the waiting room and said the bishop was going to be coming for Ash Wednesday to do math. And uh, he said, when your husband comes out, send me his room number. And so they were the first ones to come in. They actually went in there before I did. So they just kind of, <laughs> they, they, they brought him to the room, and, and they were in there, and it was, um, uh, like I said, the bishop, this priest, Father Bijou, and the other Priest, uh, I think it's Caballejo, but I, I'm not sure how to say his name. And they were there, and the bishop, um, um, you know, he blessed Stevie with the ashes. He anointed him. He blessed him with the holy waters. He gave a little synopsis of his homily, and my husband says he remembers. He said, I remember him, um, what he said during that homily, and Stevie prayed to our father with us. He said he did in his mind. He really wasn't saying it out loud. He thinks he was, but he wasn't. And it was just special. And I know I shared with you, I don't know if you want me to share it, but it just brought this memory to me of when Stevie was wounded back in Desert Storm. Tell me about that. Well, it was, um, we have a little picture. It's just this little Polaroid picture that he said he thinks a nurse took it. And it's uh, when they took the bandages off his face he was burnt, and and the a colonel came in and just gave him a purple heart. It just gave it to him there. A nurse, he thinks, took the picture and stuck it in his pajamas and um, or his little robe he was wearing. And, and, and we have that little picture, and it's just kind of a sad picture. But then I thought of that when the bishop was there. These three priests were around my husband doing this, and I got to be there. Here he was on this hospital bed, and here's these military priests again at his side. 
30, 27 years, 20, I don't know, 28 years later, still there. And it just was like, I can't believe this. It's just beautiful. And I got to be there. And for me, that was more of a, of a medal of honor was getting those ashes from the bishop. Wow, what a story. I was involved. Well, it was actually back in Desert Storm, uh, back in 91. Uh, my vehicle was hit, and uh, I, was, I was on a tank, the M1. And uh, I was actually involved in a, I was at the receiving end of a fatricide incident. My vehicle was hit with a missile and a tank missile and then with a, a sable round. That's an armored, armored penetrator that a tank will fire at another tank. And how badly were you injured? Oh, I was burned uh, on my face. I had second and third degree burns to my face, to my arm. Uh, uh, I had a... Uh, a broken jaw it was broke, and my lips were all uh, shredded up. Um, and and uh, from that from that incident there, I was I was um, evacuated back to the rear, and and I was um, I was um, um, given a blood transfusion, and through that blood transfusion, I was infected with hepatitis C, and. Uh, I guess about 10 years later, I had a liver transplant back in uh, 08. Wow. Uh, well, describe for us the moment that that, uh, what was it, a rocket that hit your motorcade? Well, yeah, it was It was like about 4 o'clock in the morning. It was very dark still. Uh, we were doing the attack on the objective, and um, I remember looking to my left side because I wanted to make sure that I was still online with the other tanks in my platoon. I was I was the platoon sergeant then, and I wanted to make sure that my other tanks were still with me, and we were moving together and shooting at the same at the same target area. And when I looked to my left, uh, I seen uh, just this. You know, it was kind of like my life went into slow motion, and I just looked to my left and I seen uh, a tracer just floating at me. It, it looked like it was going slow, and you know, but I. Of course, they move much faster, and, and uh, I, I kind of stuck my head down inside, inside of the hatch there, and uh, I felt the tank shake, and then the engine shut off because the missile actually hit my engine compartment and shut that off, and then, uh, 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 and then I went down inside after that to start the evacuation because I knew there was no way we can continue moving. And when I went down inside to get all my equipment, I just remember seeing a big flash, a white flash, and some of the other guys that witnessed it told me that um, a sable round had went through and penetrated and went all the way through on the side. And then, and then uh, uh, I was blown out of the tank, I guess, and I woke up, I guess a minute or two later, and I'm sitting on, or I'm laying on the ground, and I'm seeing a tank on fire. I didn't know where I was. I, I didn't even know that I was in a war. <laughs> and then next thing I know, uh, a couple of guys, I guess it was, came by and just snatched me up and drug me away. You know, they just ran and took me to the other side of another tank as protection because there was still um, fire going on there. So you wind up in the hospital with uh, second and third degree burns. Right. You received the Purple Heart. Yeah. Did you get a visit from uh, a chaplain at that time? You know what? I remember uh, when my eye, well, my eyes, my eyes were bandaged, 
because uh, they were burned also. Um, and I, you know what? It was, I, I remember hearing a soft voice whisper in my ear saying, do you wish to have communion? And, and, and I said, yes. But I never saw the person because, like I said, my eyes were bandaged, you know, and they put, and at that time, my jaw was wired shut already because this was after they, after they had um, worked on me. And, um, and, and so I'm, I'm thinking that it, I believe that it was a priest, though. Uh, and and uh, he gave me um, the communion. I couldn't see him, though, but uh, he did give me the communion there. Said a little prayer. And when and where was your liver transplant? My liver transplant was September of 2008, and it was done in San Antonio, Texas, at the University Health Center of the University of Texas. Well, sir, you have sacrificed quite a bit for our country, and thank you so much for your service. Um, Linda, how important are military chaplains? Well, we know how important they are because they're the ones who are there for us. You know, um, I'll share. When Stevie was gone, I stayed in Germany. A lot of spouses left back to the state, so there was just a few the skeleton of people that stayed back in Garlstadt, and I was one of them, thinking nothing would happen. So I was by myself when I found out about Stevie being wounded. And they brought in priests because our priests went to Desert Storm with them. So when Father Frank left, they brought in a priest named Father Sean, who I've heard now passed away. But his name was Father Sean. I can't remember his last name. And he's the one who came. So here I was still in Germany by myself, and he's the one who came to the house to come and be with me and sit with me. And, and you know, he prayed a death of the rosary with me, and he just was wonderful and there for me, a spouse, a dependent. Uh, how long was it before Stevie came home? Um, I actually didn't even find out he was wounded till a day and a half later. I had a feeling, I don't know what made me, but I had a feeling that something happened. I started praying for him, and I found out a day and a half later he was wounded. It took that long. And then by the time they got him back, it was three days. He went to, you know, a few mass units there, and then they brought him into, um, um, where did they bring you into? To, so from, so from the uh, from KKMC, that's the, the King Kolat, Military city. That's where the that's where the very rear hospital was set up, and they knew I was gonna. Be, I couldn't do anything else anymore because of my jaw, and I couldn't wear a protective mask. And so they flew me back to uh, uh, to Landstuhl, Landstuhl, Germany, the hospital there. And then that's where I met up with him. That's where I finally got to him. And how long was that after the incident? I think more than three days. It was. It was about a week because I, I had to stay over there first it was for a little, little bit, then they then they flew me out of there. It's a little bit of a, a blur for us. We've been talking about this lady trying to lately trying to figure out things. We can't even remember who stayed with our kids, and it's, uh, we're trying to figure out things right now. Actually, we're going through some therapy, trying to figure things out. How many kids do you have? We have three. We had two at the time. Our two daughters, and then. Uh, 
later after when we got back we had our son Stephen after so the when uh, Stevie was uh, wounded in the attack you had two small children at home Well, looking back on your experiences and your interactions with Catholic military chaplains, how important is it to those who serve to have a chaplain available? Well, for me, to know that they are there for them. Because I think, I don't know this, but a lot of people are assigned to a unit and they're Catholic and they think it's the chaplain there is their chaplain where, no, we have Catholic priests out there, too, that you can, you know, you still can go to the Catholic services, go to Catholic Mass, and talk to your Catholic priests that are, that are there for you. And they are the ones who um, help us in the hospital, in our time of need, when our spouses are separated from us, um, when we, need, when we need some support, like I'm saying, this Father Sean, I happened to go into the church once. This is before Stevie was wounded. I happened to walk into our little chapel, and he just showed up from behind me and just said, Linda, can I pray a decade of the rosary with you? And he prayed a decade of the rosary with me, just kind of knowing, you know, I was going through a hard time. They're the, just born. This was when Stevie was in Iraq. Yes. Yes. Well... Stevie, I hope you're on the mend and your surgery went well. Um, your prognosis is good, I hope. It is. Uh, I found out that uh, uh, the all the cancer was contained in the prostate and it didn't ex- and it didn't um, didn't come out of there. And so, yes, and, cancer and, is gone. And you know what? Leading up to that too was many uh, blessings from our priest who actually. Um, um, have been he's been anointed um, by these priests. He's um, he actually was anointed by a Purple Heart veteran, uh, Father uh, Father Lynn. Father Lynn, and this was some years back when he was going through everything. And he was a Purple Heart veteran. He anointed Stevie. I ha- I think I have a picture of it. And um, he's passed away now, but he was actually a Purple Heart veteran too. And he anointed Stevie back in San Antonio. Well, I'm so glad to hear that uh, the surgery went well and the prognosis is good, and it's inspiring to hear the story of uh, the two priests who, along with Bishop Buck, and visited you, Stevie, yeah. right after your surgery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, that was great. It was, it was, it was like, good. That was important to me. Like I said, he, he, they were the first ones in there before I went in. Linda and Stevie Jaramillo talking to us from Coppers Cove, Texas, which is in the Fort Hood area, and uh, sharing some of your inspiring stories about interactions with our Catholic military chaplains, both on active duty and those serving uh, outside the boundaries of our installations in a support capacity. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having us.